The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? Now here's your host, Ed Nathanson. What's up, dudes? Ugh, I'm back. You missed me. You needed me. And I'm back to answer your prayers. Even I missed you, Ed. Dave, I always miss you. I mean, you. a little. Yeah. It's your, you know, hearing your voice in my ears is very soothing. I always <laughs> say that to you. You've got that, um, that voice that just touches my soul. There we go. Yeah, Ed, I so. just want to take this opportunity to tell you <laughs> how much you mean to me. Without the Ed man, life is empty. <sighs> and Dave... Sometimes I have to say I miss your scent. <laughs> I miss your musk. Yes, your musk. <laughs> but today is going to be, I know I say this a lot, a really special show, but I'm pumped because I have someone on who I can't wait for you all to hear and listen to if you don't know her already. She's a rock star. I've met her probably four or five years ago at, uh, at a conference in the world of HR and recruiting, but I've known of her long before that because she's kind of a big deal as as uh, ron burgundy would say <laughs> in the hr world uh she is a self-prescribed or described i should say <laughs> hr rebel she's from baton rouge baton rouge i, I would say baton because i'm the <laughs> stupid northeasterner but a baton rouge louisiana please welcome the host of drive through hr also the managing partner, HR and people strategy at Paradise Group, the one, the only, Robin Schooling. Oh. <laughs> my God, I see you as like my walk-in music <laughs> people or something. I'll be your hype person. Like you could be Chuck D yeah. and I'll be Flavor Flav. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there will be no sitting on like on uh, Flavor of Love. That's right. <laughs> So, Robin, first of all, uh, thank you for coming on. It's a real pleasure to have you on. And you're one of the people, let's just get into it, that I think is a true kind of non-bullshitter in a world full of bullshitters in the HR world. So tell us just a little bit, Robin, about kind of a little bit about your background and what you, what you do today. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I wear that badge with honor because... Um yeah, I also get very tired of the bullshit, and, and there's a lot that kind of surrounds what we do. <laughs> it sure is. Um, but I am uh, uh, also a self-described, uh, you know, HR lady. and um, <laughs> Which always struck me I, as odd, because you don't, yeah. you're not one, but go ahead. Well, see it, but I like to say it, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's also kind of like, you know, let's reclaim, let's, to some degree, let's reclaim it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, you know, yeah, there's a whole hell of a lot of stereotypes wrapped up in that, which I'm sure we'll dive into. <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> um, but um, I've been uh, I've been an HR practitioner now for, oh, my God, I actually did the calculation like the other month. This is year 30. Wow. Um, yeah. And I started actually um, on the recruiting side, which is why I've always loved. That's always been my favorite part of of HR mm-hmm. because I started at an agency um, and sort of as a catch-all office assistant person and started to get involved a little bit. This was a, you know, temp and uh, as we used to call it, perm, uh, 
you know, agency mm-hmm. and started to get involved with, with candidates and, and, you know, little bits and pieces of the recruiting side. But I, I decided I wanted to work because I, I, I didn't go to school for HR. Nobody did in the, back in the day. Um, <laughs> do they now? <laughs> they, they do now, yes. Um, but decided I wanted to work in in an HR department. Didn't know exactly what, doing what, but just wanted to go and experience. So went to my first in-house HR role, again, kind of as an assistant, moved on to the in-house recruiting side. And um, again, you know, kind of my first and abiding love is, is the recruiting side of things. And then over, over time, um, I, you know, I really, I did it very purposefully. I went back and forth. Um, a couple of different ways. I went back and forth from in-house HR to in-house recruiting Mm -hmm. several times and also went from very small organizations, you know, hundred employees or so to large and global organizations. So I, I went big to small, small to big, you know, HR to recruiting, um, and different industries. You know, I've worked in everything from, um, you know, banking and finance to higher education to um, third-party logistics um, to gaming, so two <laughs> casinos and the lottery, um, kind of been the la- latter part of my career. So lots of um, lots of varied experience, I guess. And so Paradis Group is, um, we are, so now I'm, I'm wearing the consulting hat, which is super fun. Um, you know, so we do we do work with a, a variety of organizations, a variety of types of organizations, but we do kind of three three specific things: HR tech and system integrations, implementations, fixes, problem solving. We do contract recruiting and and um, RPO, and then this HR and people strategy group, which I am actually in the process of building. So that's awesome. Fun and, time. Yeah. yeah. And, and impressive. And we're going to get into some of those experiences because you have stories that I think our audience would absolutely love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but before we get into those those stories, um, I want to kind of like cut get right to it, because I, as I said, yeah. one of the things I love about you is I, I hate the bullshit like you do. So as someone who goes to a lot of conferences, who hears speakers, who's a constant blogger and all of these great stuff, what is the one quote unquote trend you think now that is getting a lot of attention that might be full of shit? Yeah. Um, God, there are, there are so many. And of course we, we cycle, um, you know, we cycle through them. Mm-hmm. Um, flavor of the year, you know, last for a couple of years <laughs> and, sure and then we, we find right. a new one. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the one that I think is to some degree, hopefully on the, on the downslide, okay. down, downturn a little bit. Um, because I see less and less of it or less and less of it being talked this way. And that's employee engagement. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, that was the flavor, the massive flavor of the, of the year for the last, I don't know, three to five years, really. Um, I see that kind of sliding away a little bit. Yes, it's, it's still talked about, um, but there is, there's a better understanding of it in terms of, of clarity. What does that mean? It's more wrapped into culture and, 
employee experience and yes, employee experience is yet another buzzword, but I, I think it's a, it's a concept and a buzzword that has legs and that people, people can understand and how to approach it. Mm. So thankfully engagement as a, people view engagement as like this, this strategy. Oh, I need an engagement strategy, which means I'm going to, what should I do? What should I do to increase engagement? And the, the inevitable answers that come back on message boards or HR ladies at Sherm meetings talking to each other, you know, throw a picnic, you know, buy a t-shirt. <laughs> um, get people happy, and right. you know, instead of um, where I think the understanding, I, I like to think the understanding now is coming in is that engagement. First of all, you have to define it for your organization. What do you mean? What does that look like? But then, it's it's starting to be viewed more as an outcome of the hard work that you do within your organization. Right. So it's, I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, I think the, if I had to pick the, you know, what's the hot topic now and um, what's everybody talking about, it's kind of where engagement was once upon a time in that everybody's talking about, um, you know, AI, you know. So again, it's yet another thing that to the average practitioner um, who's not a vendor standing at a booth um, or a marketing person. Right. Um, they don't, the average practitioner doesn't understand it. Um, but it's hype, 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 hype. And there's, um, it, you know, it's, it, it, it started, of course, obviously you, you go to a big conference, you go to HR tech, you go to unleash, you go to whatever. Um, yes. Okay. It's, it makes sense talking from this sort of really macro level and there's enterprise, customers and clients and vendors and whatever talking about it. But Trixie down at, you know, <laughs> Iowa regional hospital, yep. you know, it, this means crap to her, but right. it's creating angst and uncertainty, but she feels she needs to start to pay attention to it. Yeah. And so, you know, we're kind of at the, at, for the average HR person, we're at the start of those conversations. And I think, the start of at least building some understanding. What does that mean? And and the hype becomes, you know, oh, well, you know, everything is, you know, oh, we're beyond, we're not talking automation anymore. We're talking machine learning and all these things. Um, again, you're at an enterprise or something. Okay, you might be using a product that's doing it. Higher views, you know, scary facial recognition. Thing. Oh, that thing is scary, um, but yes, go on. Right? <laughs> you know, so you're, you're using that. But again, you're... you're you're at a regional insurance company. You're just happy to have some automation finally that's taking your medical carrier feed and plopping it over to your HRIS right. and your payroll. So you, so Robin, you just touched on something that I think is really interesting. So. Robin and I, for those of you who don't know, we just attended an ERE conference in DC mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and Robin was speaking at the same time I was. So we didn't get to hear each other's presentations. But you might be interested to know that mine was all about how I think the people that are going to win the talent 
you know, not just in quote unquote engagement, but recruiting, retention, all of mm-hmm. those things are the ones who actually are become less machine, less automated yes. over the next five years. And I know some people came up to me afterwards and thought I was speaking, you know, smoking crack before I spoke. And like, how could you yeah. think that? And AI and yeah. all of this automation and all that. So I want to talk to you about something and kind of get your opinion as someone who's clearly an expert. Um, I'm more recruiting, marketing, employer branding. That's my background, not specific. Yep. I've had you know stints in HR, but not like you. Um, yeah. But but thinking about this, like God fucking help anyone, any organization who makes a decision on me and my livelihood and my families on based on a fucking data or spreadsheet. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. you know, as we forget, this is my opinion, but I think outside of getting married and having children, there was no more emotional or impactful decision in your life than your career. And you want me to trust that to a fucking machine? You're out of your yeah. mind. Yeah. What say you? Yeah, I you know, I actually um I actually wrote a blog post that went out this morning. Oh cool. I'll read it. Similar sort of on a similar topic um, because I love my law and order. So I, I was watching law and order the other day. It just, you know, struck me. Um, but the similarity of, um, or talking about how in the courtroom now um, judges, judges are using algorithms to set, set bail and determine um, if they're going to um, release someone on their own recognizance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but there's this whole algorithm and there it, it's just like working in, in HR and the HR technology. Here's this courtroom technology that's being sold to jurisdictions all over the country, all over the world, I'm sure, of how to determine based on all this data put in about, you know, Joe Blow, who's standing there having, you know, burgled a home. Right. Um, what his bail should be or should he have bail or should he be released or whatever. And so there's this whole um, algorithm, you know, built in, and it's all machine learning, and they're constantly pumping in data. But they're having the same conversations that we are in HR about here's this inherently, you know, biased process potentially because it's human that, you know, again, how you're building it is, you know, human bias there to begin with. Um, But this particularly has, you know, racial bias implications because they're pulling uh, again other faulty data down that downstream to put into this of you know where does this person live and what neighborhood are they in and you know they're kind of using this general demographic stuff well we know the criminal justice system already has some some racial bias issues and disparity and so this is kind of just perpetuating it to mm, some degree. Yes. And, you know, it's, um, it, it, there's similarities there. One, a book that I read a couple of years ago, which um, scared the shit out of me, but I just absolutely loved it. Um, it's called Weapons of Mass Destruction. Ooh, great and, title. Yeah. Uh, Kathy O'Neill is, is who wrote it. And she's, um, she's really like just this expert kind of on big data. And she, she takes this book, the, the chapters cover kind of life and where big data is coming in. So there's a whole, uh, there's a whole chapter on how, how algorithms and job search and big data is affecting when we go to find employment, when we go to get into school, when we are in, when we're getting insurance, car insurance or home insurance. It's a really 
if there's one recommendation I have, it's that book. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's a little frightening and it does, um, you know, it does, it does go right back to the point of the, I'm all for, I am all for the automation side of things. Good God. Yes. Right. You know, like administrivia, right. Administrivia right. type stuff. Yes. Right. Feed this to that, you know, love it. Um, but you know, uh, and I'm, I'm going to speak on the recruiting side. We see how that even we've created these, you know, we've brought in these tools that make our day to day very easy. Oh, you know, this should be a piece of cake with my ATS to close the requisition and everybody that applied that wasn't as another part of the process, you know, gets a thanks. We've filled the position and for God's sakes, we don't even do that. <laughs> and that's so, I was just going to say that. ATS. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So I just pulled it up here for those of you who want to read Robin's blog. It's at uh, robinschooling.com and you can see it right yep. there. It's called Judging You on Your Own Recognizance. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Before we get into experience and some great Robin stories, and there's a bunch, um, (laughs) I I want one last kind of serious interview, quote unquote, question here. Is, okay. is the the wokeness that's happened in the world over the last mm-hmm. four or five years that's really become, you know, it's beyond, you know, let's give equal opportunity to almost in certain cases like language police. And, and I say this as someone who looks at it as a place coming from a good sentiment, from a good place that yeah. maybe has gotten off the rails a little bit. And so I'm yeah. always curious as someone who has to deal with people all over the world in different cultures and different backgrounds and different states. How do you navigate that, hmm. if at all? Yeah. I mean, I think um, as, a, as a human being, and, and then I extrapolate that out and say, and, and then in my role as, a, as an HR leader, um, you know, and this may be very how I operate may sound very simplified, but it's, you know, um, show other people respect, use the language that they want to use. Yep. Um, you know, the, 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 the arguments, conversations, shall we say that go on around, Oh my God, you know, using pronouns is right. you know, how, how ridiculous, right. you know what, what does it hurt you as my fellow human being to call me what I want to be called? Exactly. Right? You know, that's kind of, exactly. that's kind of where I operate from. Um, the challenge becomes, of course, that then when we look at an organization or by extension, a community, a city, a town, whatever, um, you've just got 
you know, 5,000 people with 5,000 different views of that. <laughs> and so it's navigating, um, it's navigating and it, 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 their own personal beliefs, um, most of whom you're not, you know, most of which you're not going to change. They are what they are. Correct. Um, and this is when, you know, again, it's HR, but it's managers, people's managers in the workplace that need to point those things out or have those conversations. It's about civility. It's about being kind. And I know that sounds very Pollyanna, but uh, I think that's where it needs to to start. Mm. Um, we had, um, so this does kind of segue into a story. Oh, but, go for it. I love Robin's uh, story. 20, so go, you know, 20, you know, 2016 election time. Um, and, uh, I had, uh, two employees that was post election. I'm talking like the next week. It's still, you know, a hot mess. People are upset. People are, you know, personally, you know, worked up about who won, who didn't, whatever. Sure. And uh, I had two employees that, um, this was at, at Casino, Casino number two. Um, <laughs> the casino stories were, are the best. I love these. <laughs> All right, go, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they were standing, and it's fine, you know, go be in the lunchroom and have this conversation slash argument, fine. Yep. But they were standing out on the gaming floor having Ooh. this conversation slash argument, and it was, a um, a barback and a cocktail waitress, um, and they just I don't I can't even remember what what kicked it off, but one was black, one was white, one was male, one was female, mm-hmm. um, one was older, one was younger, and it just escalated into this. Um, I can't believe this is who you voted for. I have my right to vote for who I wanted to. You know, you're a racist. No, you are. You don't. And it just escalated, escalated, escalated. Now, luckily, the supervisor was right there and, you know, overheard and hustled them off and took them, you know, back of house and said, hey, you know, calm down, everybody. You know, everybody has their own opinions. Um, That certainly is not the place to have this discussion. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, but we also didn't. You know, so that discuss that that conversation with them was held, but we also didn't go in and say you can't think that way or you can't even have that conversation because I still think that there's I, there's there's stuff to learn from each other. It's when people you know aren't listening to each other that becomes an issue. So, can those conversations happen at work? Yeah, I yeah. think they can if they're. Again, if they're respectful, if they don't spill out into a customer area right. or, or whatever, um, you know, the you challenge got, becomes oh, go ahead. taking it too far. I was going to say, know? you got me thinking. Do you remember? I think it was last year or maybe the year before. There was a Google employee who had was speaking about conservative beliefs. Yes, yes. Do you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And yes. I, and if uh-huh. I remember right, correct me. He was fired because of his beliefs yes. and communicating. Yes. Well, them. he was he was fired. I, I know he came back after them with a lawsuit and his contention was I was fired because of my beliefs. I right. don't know where it's standing or if that was in fact true mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Right. You know, there could have been sure. some underlying performance issues and, you know, publicly all we're going to see is him saying I was fired because I've, I questioned, because he questioned on like the Google employee, you know, Slack channel or whatever. Right. You know, um, why can't, 
I hold these conservative views type of thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's interesting there. You see where like, you know, because I loved your answer. Just like let people think you're not going to change minds. Let them operate in a way that's respectful, but let them keep their beliefs. Don't hoist ours on them. But it seems like a lot yeah. of companies don't do that. And that's where the, to me, the culture kind of cult thing becomes yeah. blurred in a lot yeah. of organizations. And I um, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no! I was gonna say I have a I have a, a a friend here in Baton Rouge, so of course, you know Louisiana, a very uh, Southern, very bright yeah. state. Southern, yes. Um, and this was again probably a year, year and a half ago or so. Um, and she, um, an HR person actually, she works in HR, and she on her person on her personal Facebook page, mm-hmm. um posted something that what what she did was she took our um, current president's um, words yep. out of his own mouth around Pussygate mm-hmm. and just reposted basically his words. Okay. No editorializing. No, just there was, there was a local event, local situation that had happened. And so she was posting that as a, hmm, you know, we kind of like a, we wonder why when here's what, the president has said, quote, sure. yeah, yeah. verbatim. Um, she works for a very conservative family owned organization. Um, somebody, she's what, not quite sure because she wasn't like super Facebook friends with a lot of people there, but you know, friends of friends, whatever. Somebody reported it. They confront the big boss confronted her about it and she was fired. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Honestly. And she said, I'm not, I, I'm just quoting, here's the quote from, you know. Right. Like, from like, he who I quoted, you know. And, see, that's, um, that's it, exactly what I'm talking about, Robin. It's that yeah. blur, like, can you be your own person? Like, everyone says the whole, the whole popular thing nowadays is bring your whole self to work. Right, right. right. But I call bullshit on that. We don't really that. mean that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Really you don't mean that. All right. Mm-mm. All right, Robin, let's get to the fun. So, so Robin, okay. Robin, if you don't know, follow her on, on social media. She's, and I'll tell you, give you a chance to, to tell her where we can follow you afterwards. <laughs> but she has some, what I, but she, I think I'm, if I'm getting this right, the tales from the trenches is that what you call it or something yeah um uh, trench hr <laughs> trench which, hr uh, right charlie yes judy once i guess give the shout out to charlie judy once upon a time he came up with that hashtag and yeah I it's great it's great all right so robin give me like off the top of your head one of the wildest you wouldn't believe this shit stories that you've had to deal with mm, man um <laughs> see that's always hard because it's the wildest one I mean, I've had, um, um, this is one of my favorites, I guess, and I always think of this because if any time, like, bodily functions and or um, secretions come into play, it's always interesting. Um, You're speaking to my audience, so go. Yeah. So I, I, had, a, um, I had an employee, um, these were females. <laughs> And these were. Um, <laughs> Do you hear the, the sound effects, my producer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were, I'd say, in their 50s, you know, in their 50s. Yeah. This is not like you're, you know, 18, don't know any better. Right. Um, and uh, there was just this long running animosity between them, which, which I inherited. They had both been at the organization for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them decided that um, 
she would go into the women's room, women's restroom after the other one and take pictures of the toilet bowl um, (laughs) that had, um, let's just say, you know, skid marks in the toilet bowl (laughs) kind of thing. And Yeah, uh. yeah, so she took these pictures and then went back into the workplace, you know, the workspace where they all, to the rest of their teammates, and showed everybody. <laughs> Look what she did. Look how dirty she is. Isn't she just horrible? Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> That's so, so ridiculous. I, <laughs> so the one, the victim, and then this case, the victim, you know, the skin marked about, victim, yes. Down. Yeah, you know, she came down crying to me, and Oh, Miss Robin, I, I, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? Look what she's doing. I mean, it was like, oh my god. So I called the um, the photographer down, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, did you did you do this? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm like, really? I said, and you have the pictures on your phone. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna see them? I said, no, I'm fine. But you you have this. You showed up to. <laughs> Showed up to Bob and Steve and uh-huh. Joe and Barry. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, why would you do that? I, because I just, I just don't like her, and she's dirty, and they just need to know that. <sighs> I said, well, you know what? I think that, you know, this is kind of the last straw because there have been many straws before I got there. Um, and so we, uh, as the saying goes, uh, released her to be a customer. <laughs> Now, working in a casino, and these were, for my audience, these were boat casinos, right? Yes. 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 Like, Both of them were. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Louisiana, you know, Baton Rouge, you know, all this stuff. I assume the workforce there, A, is pretty, you know, transient as far as, you know, they're not like like 10 years. Or maybe I'm wrong. But second, you probably get a very colorful group of people coming in and out of there. True? Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> And you're and and interestingly enough, the um, well, the workforce um, uh, was actually very. We had a core group of people that had been there, um, and this was at both properties, both both casinos that I was at, that had been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the one at the one that I recently worked at, they're hitting their twenty five year anniversary this year. Um, there are people that have been there all twenty five years, twenty twenty five years, huge number of people. Um, so there's really this kind of core group, but then as is anything with hospitality, restaurants, whatever, you know, there's still 50% of the work is kind of turning over right, a lot. Right. Um, so lots of stability, but then, but then, you know, lots of turnover. And part of that is you've got people going to school or they're moving or, you know, they're, they're a dealer and you're not making any money in Baton Rouge. They want to move to New Orleans, whatever. Um, but the cut, yeah, the customers as well. That was probably one of the funnest aspects of working in that industry. Was yeah, it's HR and it's crazy and it's twenty four seven, three sixty five, and you just have these characters that are working for you or applying <laughs> right, to work. Right. But the customer, you know, it was it was in your face HR because you didn't sit in your office. You know, you were out and about, um, and so interacting with the customers. Um, I had a, I had a comp book, which I think in the time I was, I probably wrote three comps, but uh-huh. I had the ability to do it. Um, I was never going to write like a, you know, a gaming comp. Here's $50 right. for slot machines or something. Um, but I was able to write, you know, oh, here's a, you know, here's a, oh, here's a, a, a comp for 
free buffet or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, you must see, but you must have seen the wildest shit. Like I I gotta tell you, like, you know, obviously I've never been to a casino in Baton Rouge, but I've been to plenty of them in my life. Yeah. And I see some, some wild shit. We, um, I remember shortly after I started and the HR department was, um, basically right off kind of not too far off the front lobby. You came Mm -hmm. in the front, you know, part, uh, pulled up in the porte cochet or walked into the parking lot or whatever, went through that, went past LA, made this like big lobby with a huge staircase and whatnot. Uh, on the land side before we got onto the boat where the gaming action was. So land side was restaurants and bars and, you know, this sort of thing. But HR was, was there as well, kind of right off the, off the lobby. And there were public restrooms kind of near uh-huh. HR. Uh-huh. And I had been there, I don't know, a week or two. And I came in one morning and come up to the HR door. And there's a huge, relatively fresh, puddle of vomit right in front of the door so i couldn't really open the door and step over the vomit at the same time uh-huh. so i had to go and i went and found uh you know housekeeping so they could come and, and remove it so i have a question uh yeah. casino have you seen the movie yes okay uh-huh. all right is it really true, like the the whole hierarchy of like this person's watching this person and this person's watching this person and so on and so on up to the up the ladder, like constantly, it, like they describe it, like like watching the players, right? And, well, you, you know how that, they say like the you know the pit boss is watching the dealer, the the oh, floor yeah, manager is yeah. watching the pit boss, like the the whole thing. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. First, we have to get within the casino cages, which anybody will tell you takes more than a smile. Next, through these doors, each of which requires a different six-digit code changed every 12 hours. Past those lies the elevator. This is where it gets tricky. The elevator won't move without authorized fingerprint identification. Which we can't fake. And vocal confirmation from both the security system within the Bellagio and the vault below. Which we won't get. Furthermore, the elevator shaft is rigged with motion detectors. Meaning if we were to manually override the lift, the shaft's exit would lock down automatically and we'd be trapped. Now, once we get down the shaft, though, then it's a piece of cake. Just two more guards with Uzis and the most elaborate vault door ever conceived by man. Any questions? Yeah. It, you know, it really, it takes a village. It mm-hmm. really, and again, we were, you know, a local, um, small, you know, riverboat casino. We weren't, you know, a huge conglomerate like that. But, right. But it, it truly does take a village. So, yeah, there's the, of course, the surveillance team mm-hmm. up in the room watching through all the all the cameras. Um, you know, so they're, of course, always on. Uh, you know, everything's on camera except when you're in the bathroom, you know. <laughs> I always um, wondered, though. You say that like it's yeah. obvious. I always wondered if, like, even in the yeah. bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not the bathroom. That, that is true. Um, but, yeah, so surveillance, of course, watching everything. Um, and you know, and that that's employees, that's players, that's, yeah. that's everything. But yeah, then, you know, kind of the dealers, the dealers are very interesting. It's a really interesting work group. Um, but they, they watch, they watch each other, um, for support, mm-hmm. you know, when they're, when they're good and they're meshing and they're a good team, they are there to support each other. They're work, they're working together. 
you know, and they're, they're, they're tapping each other out every 20 minutes, right? They're moving to another right. table or they're yep. going on break. They do the whole hand thing. I love that move. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I do that just for the fun of it. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, then the, 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 the pit boss is watching, you know, the, the, the ship, you know, ship managers kind of wandering around, um, kind of watching, watching everybody as well. Um, you know, and it, it's, yeah, it is, but it, it's, Yes, there's that element that we want to, you know, we're there to catch, you're there to have the protection to catch somebody if they're doing something wrong right. or illegal. Right. But there is also the element of um, catching catching people doing the right thing as well. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that does exist. I like that. Uh, we didn't, yeah. Have you ever, uh, just, you know, one more question about the casino, then I'll stop, I promise, but it's just so fascinating to me. Have you ever had to fire or deal with dealers who were stealing? Um, I, in the time that I was, so I spent three years, uh, one year at one casino, three years at another. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, know never had had that. But I do have a peer in the casino industry that had to do that. Um, and, and it was, a it was kind of a big cahoots thing. Sure. Um, as I heard the story of it with basically all of their crap stealers. Oh. So think of all the people that it takes to bring together to get like, that's not just like a blackjack dealer right? doing their own thing. It's like a conspiracy. Like the right. Yeah. Of, of the crap dealers. So, um, it can happen. And it always mystifies me because people that work in the gaming industry, especially if you're a dealer, for God's sake. You know every single move, twitch of your hand, how you flip a card is watched and right. recorded. And how people think they're going to get away with stuff just, just mystifies <laughs> me. It's because people are generally idiots on the whole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Robin, uh, one last question. Is there anything yeah. that you think people should know about the next five to 10 years. So you talk a lot about the future, right? And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to hear people's take, you know, on that. So what do you predict is, Mm -hmm. is going to be the big thing the next five to 10 years that's going to make HR departments and recruiting departments good? Hmm. I think, and it's, I guess it's more of a word of caution than anything else. Um, because this is something I tend to get on my soapbox a lot about. And that is we need to do our best in HR in recruiting to not, not allow a further divide between the haves and the have nots to happen. And what I, and what I mean by that is so much of the, future of work, all the stuff we talk about, oh, this is great, work from home, be remote, use this technology, access to information, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, The gig workers, oh, whatever. That applies to a very, very small segment of people. True. Or the opportunities to do those things applies to a very, very small set of people. It's the, you know, I'm using air quotes here, top talent, tech workers, whatever. (laughs) Um, The vast majority of people are at risk of being left behind either because they're working for small organizations that don't have access to this technology. They're working for organizations that have an outdated or 
soon to be outdated view of how to manage the workforce. These are the old school, traditional, put your ass in the chair, you know, I'm watching you, you know, you're, you know, type of thing. Right. Um, there are some, some people that just by virtue of their type of job are, are, are always going to be, you know, you're there from eight to five and you know, you're customer facing or you're in healthcare or you're in hospitality or whatever. And we are at danger of creating all these new, the collective, we creating all these new wonderful things and talking about, you know, freeing people up to, um, you know, to, to work the way they want. And this is great for productivity. It's great for organizations. And we're leaving behind people who are not going to be able to or are not equipped to join us in that new world. Oh, and, it, and it goes back. It goes back to, um, and I think, and again, this becomes a personal thing, but I think HR folks and recruiters can play a role in this. How much are you willing to give or work in your communities to prepare people for this future of work? You know, most of us, we've spent enough time in recruiting or whatever. We thought it was cool when we left, you know, got away from college recruiting and started working with high school. Well, you know what? <laughs> It needs to start earlier than that. Right. What, what, what do people have access to? Um, because the kids that are in grade school now, in 20 years, they're going to be working. And are they going to be equipped to do that? And what can we as human beings or as organizations or as individual talent professionals, what can we do to ensure that they're able to participate? Yeah. Awesome. You nailed it. Uh, Amazing guest, Robin. I hope you had fun. I did. <laughs> yes, yes. Blast. All right. So I want to give you a chance. Where can people find you? So uh, I, 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 I basically, I think I like to just like say I live my life online. So um, robinschooling.com, um, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, although I really don't. I, I don't know. I can take pictures of the dogs and cocktails. So, you know, <laughs> but those are good too. Things. Those are fun. That's true. Um, Facebook. Yeah. I'm cool with Facebook connections. If we're in the, if we're in the circle, if we're in the sphere. So, Awesome. Awesome. Robin, you rule. Thank you. I feel honored Thank to have you. you. The audience loved you. Hear them? They're going crazy. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robin. God bless. Thank you. We'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. All right. And until next time, <laughs> I ask, are you not entertained? You could be Chuck D yeah. and I'll be Flavor Flav. <laughs>